You're listening to the Running with the Herd podcast, powered by Her Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. Interviews, commentary, and analysis from Marshall coaches, players, and insiders. And now, the Running with the Herd podcast. Aaron Coleman here in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a part of the Rivals Network. And I'm here with Matt Brown, publisher of Extra Points. Matt, welcome to the podcast, sir. Absolutely, and a lot of talk has been surfacing as far as realignment, obviously with Texas and Oklahoma moving on to the SEC, either in 2025 or before that. It's also going to trickle down to the group of five. How is conference realignment going to shake out as far as the group of five teams, in your opinion, Matt? What have you been hearing? It's a great question, and it's interesting because a lot of these conversations, not five level, but especially at the FCS level, have really been happening for the last year. Well before the bombshell year from Texas and Oklahoma, there's been a, a an increased interest among several group of five administrators, and again also at the FCS level, for thinking, what can we do here in the future to minimize our travel expenses and put ourselves in a position to sell more tickets because we're not really in a position where we're going to dramatically increase our revenue from broadcast television, and our costs are likely to increase significantly over the next couple of years. And this was even before Austin, before schools realized that they were going to have to spend probably significantly more money on compliance and name, image, and likeness infrastructure. So at the FCS level, and these are conversations that were happening on, on some level at the, FB, at the G5, there was this idea of – Maybe we can structure our conferences in a way to minimize travel and, and, and increase our chances for bus leaks, which is something that I know is a subject near and dear to the heart of so many um, so many Conference USA fans, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, with, with their league kind of spread out the way that it is, and it's probably harder to get a Marshall fan as excited about games in West Texas uh, compared to games where they might be able to bus. But... Um, you know, even though every sports writer and their brother writes an article every summer about, you know, swapping teams with the Sun Belt or, or formally merging, that wasn't something that really had a lot of legs. And I think what we're going to see here after Texas and Oklahoma is that everything is back on the table again because there's a chance. Numerous teams might end up leaving the American Athletic. They might end up leaving the Mountain West. And we might, uh, in, the, in the next year or so, get a better idea of what – college football playoff distribution revenue is going to look like for G5 leagues. All of those have the potential to push realignment for the Sun Belt, Conference USA, the American, and and potentially even in other ways. Right. And one of the things that you had discussed on social media, you put it out there on Twitter, it's also up on extrapoints.com, is the fact of conference... ExtraPointsMB.com, sorry. No problem. ExtrapointsMB.com. And at any rate, uh, you had talked a little bit about um, Conference USA splitting up between the Eastern and Western divisions. Expand a little bit more on that, what you've been hearing there, and could there possible be, possibly be a member of the FCS joining one of those leagues in Conference so, USA? So, here, yeah, so here, here's what I've heard, and this was something that I came up in numerous conversations with consultants and uh, people that are working heavily within the, the college sports industry was, hey, you know, heading in this year, conference who 
membership who meets the NC, the new NCAA bylaw, not new, meets an NCAA bylaw requirement that would allow some of those teams that have been in the same league now for either six or eight years to split off and form their own league if they wanted to, and then most importantly, keep their automatic bid for the NCAA tournament. Uh, you, know, you may recall this is what happened with the Mountain West Conference when it formed, it split from the WAC. Both leagues kept auto bids. I think this was last year, which feels like a lifetime ago. The A-Sun uh, proposed starting two completely new conferences, expanding to 20 and then splitting them and, and keeping both bids as, as well. Now, I can also tell you that among Conference USA athletic directors at various points over the last three years, this idea has had some traction, particularly among schools like Marshall and Old Dominion and Western Kentucky, that uh, you realize that they have some more in common, both geographically and institutionally, than with some of the other farther west or farther south parts of the conference. Now, that is not something that was imminent. It wasn't something that had universal appeal. And it, 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 that's such a gigantic change would require um, enormous push. You know, inertia is a really powerful force in college athletics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the, if the Big 12 comes, comes back in two months and lops off four teams in the American athletic, and the American has to come by and potentially, you know, take Georgia State or take App State or, or take UAB, then I think it's possible that those conversations resurface. So I, I would want to, to, to be very careful with my language here. What I'm talking about is a step above the you know, message board fever dream. Like This is something that has definitely reached the desks of multiple senior conference USA administrators. It's something likely to happen tomorrow, and it's something where there's really a lot of reticence among Sunbelt leaders. What, what I think is important for fair is that conference realignment – in many ways, can be an emotionally driven decision. Uh, athletic directors and especially university presidents and especially university regents or some of the power brokers at the highest level of universities may um, decide to enter into decisions or refrain from making decisions in part literally because their feelings are hurt or because they're jealous or because, because of ego. And I can tell you right now that there are a lot of folks that work in the sun that think look at Conference USA and think – we were really frustrated and tired with how we were treated five, six, seven years ago when Conference USA was indisputably a more prestigious league. And I think at this case, it's pretty clear, at least certainly on the college football side, that's not true anymore. Um, it's easier to watch Sunbelt games. The three, four of the Sunbelt are, is better in, in college football than the top three, four of Conference USA. They, they, they've won more marquee games. And... Um, now there's not really an appetite for any to make concessions unless they absolutely have to um, to help a conference USA team, and and whether that's the right decision or, or not is, is is a different conversation. But there is some element of emotion that is driving that thought process as it's been explained to me. Right, and as you see it, do you see a conference USA team, whether it be a UAB or a Marshall, possibly? being extended an invite into the American if there's some teams from the American conference that are going to be a part of the new power five, in your opinion? Um, well, I, I think it's definitely possible that the two schools that have come up most, and I've kind of asked around people that work in this space, like, Hey, if the American has to backfill, where are they going to go? That school that I've heard, number one, the most is Georgia state. And number two is UAB. And I haven't heard Marshall specifically. I, I understand intuitively why that would make sense. Marshall has a real fan base. Marshall has, has been perennially 
successful at football. They've, they've done much better in men's basketball recently. Yep. And the, the thought process for expanding at this level in the year of our Lord 2021 isn't really about TV markets anymore. Especially right. because the American doesn't have a conference network. It's all has a deal with ESPN+. Plus. So being in a, a TV market where you don't attract fans, and, and Conference USA fans, I think, are uh, very familiar with this phenomenon, doesn't financially benefit you as much. It's do you have a fan base that could move and encourage people to sign up for an ESPN Plus subscription and stream games? Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, if somebody told me, like, hey, Bush and Marshall be in that conversation, I look at the same charts you guys do, and I would say, you know, I, I see the argument. I, that, that makes some sense. That just is not a school that has come up in the conversations that I've had. Um, if, the, if, Amer- if the American has to backfill like four teams, I can see a whole lot of potential uh, you know, arrangements on the table because the American's value proposition without UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, or Memphis mm-hmm. is very, very different. Yes. Um, you know, that league with the best four teams from CUSA or Sunbelt commercially, it's just a very, very different league. And, you know, whether they just add some teams, whether they merge, whether they reconfigure to something else entirely, I think it's all possible. Right. And one of the things that was talked about recently in the college football world, I believe Brett McMurphy put this out there, is the November meeting of the NCAA reconfiguring all three divisions and making sure that um, they're going to have some sort of symposium or some sort of um, constitutional convention. Constitutional convention. That's the word for it. Uh, Do you see Matt, any of these ideas that have been talked about um, being on the table? What do you think is going to come out of that meeting in your opinion? That's a great question. And it's something that I'm trying. I mean, I, I literally talked to a conference commissioner earlier this morning and, and asked her about that. And her response was like, talk to me in a week. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's so many other you know, things that, that we have to get to. Um, but that's something I intend to cover a lot on extra points. I'm, I'm actually going to have a, a big story about this next week where I'm going to solicit feedback from my readers, which include commissioners, athletic directors, coaches, and also academics and athletes and, and regular fans. Okay. What, what, what is exciting to me about this potential conversation here is that I, I really think this is the, the best chance to reimagine all of this inertia behind college athletics, which is basically duct taping one reform after another off a structure we kind of built accident in 1920, 1910. And it could look very, very different. It, it might be a world here where there's really no more central uh, enforcement mechanisms. The idea of Indianapolis sanctioning you for amateurism violations, there's a real chance that's not a thing that happens in six years or five years. Uh, the idea of, of Indianapolis being the one that, that, that creates the infrastructure for all national postseason tournaments, that might not be something that exists anymore. It might end up being all sports specific, especially for college football we might end up creating an entirely new division for some Olympic sports because you have schools in the SEC that want to offer full scholarships for every Olympic sport. And then we have schools in Conference USA and certainly most of Division One that can't afford it. I, even even at, you know, at a place like Marshall, with a tremendously successful now national champion men's soccer team, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if Marshall would be willing to offer every single one of those soccer players a full scholarship, full cost of attendance, full everything. Um, that might run counter to why they have a men's soccer program. And so that is something that, that might be addressed here. The, um, I, I am cautiously optimistic 
that that convention will be the, the it's a really meaningful change because we've seen so many NCAA reform packages get caught up in subcommittee hell, and I think now they're finally trying to solve that problem. I think so as well. I think you're going to be getting a lot of news out of that uh, conference, and a lot of things will be decided in November for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, we're that's going to be the beginning. Of the, the beginning of that conversation. There's going to be allegedly some votes from that. Con- I can mention next January, I, I imagine you're going to see more news about what's going to be proposed next month or, or later here, because we don't even know who's on that committee yet, right? We, we, have, we know it's going to be mostly president and conference commissioners, mm-hmm. so Matt, and it's going to include people from all three divisions. Right. And what kind of proposals we see, I think, will be heavily shaped by who ends up on that committee. Um, right, 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 right now, I'm just telling folks, whatever you think might be on the table at the end of this year, yeah. I, I think I think it's certainly possible, and you'll be able to find more information about it at Extra Points. All right. Uh, Matt Brown, publisher of Extra Points, here with us in the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at MattBrownEP. Uh, talk a little bit about Extra Points. Uh, where can people find you? How can people subscribe? All of that. I would be, I'd be happy to. So Extra Points is a newsletter publishes four days a week. And my entire mission is just to cover stuff like this. It's just to focus on the off-the-field forces that shape all college sports. So if you're interested in lower-level conference realignment, if you're interested in name, image, likeness, legislation, and policies and what that marketplace looks like, how schools decide to sponsor sports and how it fits in with the higher education mission, and, and what's going on right now in Indianapolis and with, with NCAA governance, all of this stuff shapes – what Conference USA looks like, what schools are good at football, what schools are good at soccer, and where the good recruits actually live. So it's important to track, and it's not something that maybe your local beat writer pays as much attention to, which is why I do it. Uh, you can subscribe to Extra Points for free and get two newsletters a week at extrapointsmb.com. You can uh, support the, the project that we're doing here. Get every single newsletter for just as little as $8 a month, again, at extrapointsmb.com. All right, Matt, thank you very much. Good stuff. And I'm sure if any news comes down the pike as far as Conference USA, whether it's a split between East and West, whether people are moving up, moving down, I'll be sure to get a hold of you, and we will uh, talk about that at that time. But until then, thanks very much for joining me. We certainly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Running with the Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at Herd Nation. Also like us on Facebook at Running with the Herd and at Marshall Thundering Herd at Herd Nation. Thanks again and go Herd.